you know, I, I found out I have a whole new respect for the kitchen, restaurant, food and beverage industry. Because let me tell you, it is hard work. Harder than any other job that I've done. It's sweat, sweat equity. You know, you're, you're, you're in the food truck 12-hour days and then at night you're cooking. And uh, it gave me a whole new, a whole new appreciation and respect for the hard work that people do in the restaurant industry because it is not it's not easy and it's not it's not easy money you have to work for it and you really have to build build something and it can take uh, take a very very long time welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey leaders, I'm super excited to be bringing you a young leader, just three or four years out of the Student Works program. And uh, he has had some really great lessons, some things that have not gone his way, some successes that have really gone his way. And I just love to bring the whole range of leaders to this podcast, people who are just getting out of school, People have really started to make it in their career, people who are maybe midway into their career, and then some people who are just, you know, crushing it. And, uh, and just, just as a frame of reference and a learning for all you young leaders on, on how to have the amazing life that you want to and how to really go out and uh, crush it in the real world the way you want to. Okay. So thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. And if you know of any amazing leaders, please, please, please send them our way because either to our podcast or the Student Works uh, Management Program so that we can have an impact on them. Have a wonderful day and come listen to our podcast. Cheers. So, Renaud, uh, thanks so much for spending time with us on the, on the, uh, on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast and, and making a contribution. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, just to jump right in, um, Tell me what you were like before our program. Well, first of all, thanks, Chris, for having me on the podcast. It's my pleasure to, to be here. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself before the program. Uh, you know, I was a little bit shy, uh, socially awkward, and definitely looking for uh, some direction and a sense of purpose and just trying to find, you know, what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And, and so, so what was your biggest frustration as a teenager before you got started in business? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I'd, say, I'd have to say my biggest frustration was uh, I, I, I didn't have a sense of uh, belonging as a teenager. So I had a hard time fitting in and uh, just, you know, didn't really have that, you know, sense of direction, knowing what I wanted to do with my life or, knowing how I want to spend the rest of my life. So definitely, yeah, just looking for that, that, that sense of direction there as a team. Okay, great. Great. I totally, totally get that. So thank you. Um, so what do you still, still rely on from the program? I know you're just a, a few years out. You know, one of the things we try to do on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast is, yes, we've got some people who are, you know, decades out of our program and really, you know, very, very senior. And I know you're, you know, about four years out of our program. But what do you still rely on from our program? 
I would have to say that, you know, the, the, the thing that I rely on the most would be the network of people that I met with Student Works painting, uh, the summer management program. So the, the, the network of people, I, I rely on the network of people. I, you know, I, I still chat with the people that I met um, on a daily basis. I've developed some ongoing relationships and some true friendships that are going to last, you know, I, I hope the rest of my life. Um, so that, that, that would be the main thing that I still rely on the program and then getting on some more maybe uh, technical things, uh, you know, the, the, the courage and the overcoming of fears on a daily basis, you know, that I learned from the program, not going out, knocking on doors, picking up the phone, doing, you know, what made me feel uncomfortable. And I definitely carried that through um, in other ventures and other opportunities since then, just putting myself outside of my comfort zone, making myself feel the pressure. And that's something that I got uh, with uh, Student Works, the management program, the summer management program there. Obviously, sales techniques, systems from you know the sales side and the production side of it, I still use on a daily basis. And then another big thing that I learned from Student Works, the management program, is uh, motivation techniques and how to keep your guys and how to, the importance of keeping your employees or people that you work with uh, motivated and excited about coming to work. Awesome. Awesome. So, so one thing that, you know, uh, I, I get, there's a, a bunch of things that you're really using practically, you know, the sales, the marketing, the engagement, the enrollment, and, and we can talk about that, but what about like overcoming your fears, you know, talk more about that and, and what, what you discovered, uh, while, while doing these things and, and getting out of your comfort zone, what, what did you dis- discover Renault? Well, Chris, you know, I, I discovered that the best things happen when you're outside of your comfort zone. So I, I try to push myself outside of that zone as much as I possible, whether it's, you know, I have an uncomfortable phone call to make, uh, whether it's a complaint, whether it's a warranty issue, whether it's a big job and I have anxiety about not getting the contract, I will make sure I pick up the phone as soon as possible, dial that person. And it's just all in my mind, it was always just better to, to have an answer than yeah. being in limbo. So forcing myself to just get out of my comfort zone. And that's something that I, you know, from the day that I joined Student Works until now, I put in practice, you know, on a daily basis. Awesome. Awesome. So, so really it's like being in action, right? You know, you're, you're starting to feel, you know, tense or stressed about, again, any of a myriad of situations could, could be coming, you know, just get in action, get in action to fix that problem, get in action to go sell that client, get in action to, to, you know, have that conversation or whatever it is. 100%, you know, uh, procrastination was definitely something I struggled with before I joined student works and, you know, it definitely shone a light on that, on that, that skill that I struggled with. And it definitely, um, you know, encouraged me to improve it. And it showed me, you know, the importance of just don't procrastinate. Things are going to slip through the crack. If you're thinking about it now, just deal with it now, rip it off like a bandaid, get it out of your list, cross it off and move on to the next thing. There's nothing good that comes off from putting it off or from waiting or saying, Hey, I'm going to just call them a little bit later tonight. If you have the time, do it right now. If it's on your mind, do it right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just cutting the, the, uh, the time it takes when the thoughts there act, right. And just, and again, you you know, over time you can get better and better and better and better at that. So that, you know, and so much of your, uh, and my anxiety goes away when I do that. Right. You know, cause, cause there's that feeling will never go away bad quote unquote stories that we create in our mind and those concerns that we create and and also sorry those very real concerns that are 
actually impacting us, you know, client being unhappy, employee being unhappy, you know, situation maybe not going as well or, or good things. Oh, will I get this deal? Can I close this deal or whatever the good situation is? And, um, you know, we can, we can just kind of percolate in it and create a lot of anxiety and, and fear that instead we can just get into action and, you know, move on. It's, 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 it's really great. 100%. So um, tell me about your, you know, your progress since, since uh, leaving, leaving student works or around your career. So, so when I left student works, I took a corporate job out in Vancouver. I actually relocated from Halifax, Nova Scotia and went for, uh, to work for an IT recruiting firm out in Vancouver. So I wanted to give, uh, you know, the, corporate side of things uh, a go and see how things went right unfortunately i lasted about six weeks in my new corporate job <laughs> and uh, <laughs> decided that it wasn't for me and uh yeah so after that i actually went to travel to australia for a while and i i worked in uh Believe it or not, I, I worked as a painter and it was very humbling because painters in Australia have to do a four-year degree to become a painter. So I actually learned that I wasn't as good of a painter as I thought. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to edit that out. No, okay, no. <laughs> we're going to keep that in and we're going to keep the question about editing in too. <laughs> That's awesome. That doesn't surprise me. I, I, don't think, I don't think I'm a great a painter either. And, and yes. <laughs> and uh you know what, what was really eye-opening for me in australia was the immigration process how tough it is to really start over and to come to a brand new country and try to set things up and you know they, they have different standards they have different qualifications a lot of my things weren't recognized and it was a really big uh eye-opener and really humbling experience that you know uh it allowed me to see what what it's like from you know some other people's point of view, so immigrants or, or so forth that are coming to Canada and starting from scratch with nothing, and how hard it, and difficult it can be. Absolutely, yeah, no, and and yeah, like I I find travel such a great experience of just again the the world sees things differently than we do as Canadians. Isn't that great? And and so you know, um, and and it's great how you've reframed you know some of the aspects of that experience obviously that were positive into hey here's what i took from that exactly and you know that, that's really what it was it was really a soul-searching mission and i came back more focused and more focused and driven than ever before to you know more more driven to to, to just not necessarily be a millionaire not necessarily be super successful but it, it made me appreciate finding a standard of living. So finding, you know, what, what matters in life? Who do you want to be around? Do you want to be around your family? Who, what, what type of culture do you want to be around? What type of food do you want to be around? What truly matters to you? When you don't have everything that you're used to, it really puts a shine, it shines a light on what you want in your life. And going out there really refocused everything for me. And I knew I wanted to come back to Halifax. I knew I wanted to be back here. Um, and start a business and, you know, just, just start developing, uh, building a life here in Halifax. And that's what I did. Awesome. Awesome. So, so what have you been doing in Halifax? What, what progress have you been making on that goal? 
Okay. So, you know, I came back to Halifax after Australia and, uh, Again, it was another tough year. I actually started a food truck business. Right. And then I did property management. I did Airbnb. And unfortunately, that was probably the biggest failure that I've had to date would be my food truck. Um, and it didn't work out. And uh, I pivoted. I- so so before, before we talk, you know, because I, I actually remember chatting with you. You were telling me you're going to start, you know, and you'd seen this, this food truck that was crushing it in Australia. And you thought there was an opportunity to bring it home. So why didn't it work out? What, what, what were the reasons that you discovered? Um, okay, well, you know, I, I found out I have a whole new respect for the kitchen, restaurant, food and beverage industry. Because let me tell you, it is hard work. Mm-hmm. Harder than any other job that I've done. It's sweat, sweat equity. You know, you're 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 in the food truck, twelve hour days, and then at night you're cooking. And uh, it gave me a whole new a whole new appreciation and respect for the hard work that people do in the, the restaurant industry because it is not it's not easy. Yeah. It's not it's not easy money. You have to work for it, and you really have to build build something, and it can take uh, take a very very long time. What I learned from the the food truck experience uh, mainly was uh, the the main thing that didn't work out for us was I had a unfortunately a, a bad uh, relationship with uh, my partner and that's why we decided to, uh, to 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 close the business and go our separate ways and again that just gave me a whole new appreciation for the the importance of partnerships and the importance of knowing who you're building a partnership with. And how important it is to know that person on a deep down level. You know, a business relationship is just as serious of whether it's an intimate relationship or a business relationship. I truly think that you guys are an item and you are together and you're sealed at the hip until that business goes under. So you better make sure that you're fully aware of, you know, what that person's interests, what that person's goals are, and, you know, make sure that you guys are a right click and that you are, you know, a good fit. Because there was definitely some signs that came up earlier on that I might have ignored or decided not to look at, um, you know, that, that could have obviously been a warning sign. Yeah. No, and I think you are so right. I've been in a lot of partnerships uh, before. And fortunately, overwhelmingly, really positive partnerships were really, again, it's like, the group has brought the best out of people and, and, and with good communication and differing skill sets that can really, really, really build and make, make your business more successful. And there's no question if your relationship is not working with someone, it's really difficult to make your business work, right? It just doesn't work. (laughs) So yeah, you know, and, 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 you know, and again, because you do spend so much time together, you're working through problems, et cetera. And again, if you're working through problems where, you know, again, the relationship's a problem, that becomes very, very difficult and hard to solve problems in that environment. So, yeah, no, that's, well, that's, that's great. And so, so, you know, you got out and you transitioned out of that, that experience and, and, and into what? Well, now I've been in the roofing industry for the past year now, past year and a half, uh, since August, 2018, I shut, I shut down the food truck and I was lucky enough uh, through networking, I was able to team up with somebody who was trying to grow his roofing business. And uh, it just worked out very great. Awesome. 
Awesome. So, so, you know, why don't you describe a little bit more about where you're spending your time in the business and, um, and then where your partner's spending on the time in the business and maybe also just, Hey, what's different about that relationship compared to your, your other, uh, previous relationship? 100%. So I came on, uh, with refined roofing as a business consultant. So he, the owner wanted to grow his business. He was uh, plateauing. He had been staying around the same uh, revenues for a couple of years and he really wanted to grow and sh- show some growth. So he had the million dollar mark in, in mind and uh, he brought me on with um, the goal to hit that target. So my role was to systemize th- th- this company. Put in perspective, this is a company where the, uh, the owner of the company was on the roof, roofing um, part of the business. So a, a smaller outfit that might have not had the systems in place that you know were were necessary to to allow it to grow and that's really what i did is i came in and i helped develop sales systems production systems um sales techniques um, everything from the sales process to how we how from the first thing the phone number came in to refine roofing all the way to how we closed and picked up the check we started systemizing how the roofs were to be done. So in the production, so we had uh, company policies on around safety, on how you know step by step this is how we should do it. Really breaking down and systemizing. This was a great company that that has a great, great quality of workmanship. Gives you know the the the, the, the quality is there, and they give a superior product. But the business side of things, the systems that needed to be in place in order to allow the growth that was very much so possible and it you know is possible to this day as we're growing. So so I, I guess first of all, what I hear is you've 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 really assisted um uh your the organization you're working with to to really systemize the sales, the customer experience. They were providing really great service and you know, how do we, how do we scale a business? And, and I know you've scaled the business significantly. I won't sort of talk about, unless you wanted to talk about, but it's a significant scale up young leaders, um, and a significant economic, uh, benefit to Renault, uh, you know, who's a profit sharing and, and, and a, um, you know, a, a, an equity stake in this opportunity, uh, because of the contributions he's making. Um, but where did you, where did you learn the, the systemization? Where just learn the focus about that? Uh, it all came from student works. Everything that I've learned to this day that has put me in the position that I am comes down to what I learned through student works and the summer management program. Absolutely everything. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that, Renaud. And, uh, and it's really great that you're able to sort of transfer the skills that you had um, running very, very successful businesses and coaching people to run successful businesses into this other, into this other area and make a real, real great impact. Um, I know you've also got involved in, in a real estate venture. And I know you've been working with a, a number of other student works, uh, alumnus, uh, you know, in that, but why don't you, why don't you share what you're, what you're working on or goals that you're having in that, in that venture? Great. Great. Um, so on, you know, in the, the property and the real estate, I, 
I've, I've got involved. As soon as I came back from Australia, I decided to, I had another friend that uh, you guys might know, James Fedick from Student Works, also an alumni. Um, he was getting involved in two property management and hosted, in, doing hosted property management with uh, Airbnb. And uh, he put a bug in my ear. You know, I couldn't stop thinking about it. As soon as I got back from Australia and started the food truck, I put my properties on Airbnb and they were automatically a success and just smashed it out of the park. Honestly, I wouldn't have been able to sustain the food truck business if the Airbnb wouldn't have been so successful. Oh, that's great. Uh, you know, from, from, from here on out, my, I do have a strategy, which is to, I, I'm, I'm a strong believer in real estate. I, I've been putting everything that I've been making into real estate. So everything that I've made from the roofing or from student works, any profits have, has gone straight into to buying property. I'm looking at my third property right now, and I should have that closed within a couple months. And I uh, have uh, five properties under management right now, and uh, just trying to grow that portfolio so I can keep building a, a passive business and eventually transition to uh, solely property. Awesome. Awesome. We, we certainly had a lot many alumni follow that similar strategy. Um, you know, I've, Corey McKinnon uh, earlier in our, in our podcast, uh, we had, we interviewed with him and he's actually coaching a number of our, of our alumni in that space. So, uh, so that's, that's awesome. That's great. Did you want me to touch on uh, the growth for, for refined or not? Not really. Sure. Yeah. Why don't you touch on that? That would be great. Okay. So how do, how do I, how do you want me to lead into so why it? Don't you, why don't you share more about what's happening at refined roofing? Oh, fantastic. So here at refined, you know, we're seeing some absolute amazing growth in the past two years. Um, I came on board and we're around $350,000 in revenue and we're able to, you know, almost triple and uh, we sold a million over a million dollars in sales for 2018, which was a huge year. We didn't quite produce it, which is always the challenge. So, you know, always, uh, if I can have any advice for any student works people out there that always plan for more production than is needed. So if you think you need three crews, get a fourth one. If you think you need two crews, get a third one. It's always better to be over-prepared when it comes to production than to be underprepared. Absolutely. That's a, that's a, that's a great lesson, you know, for this year here. Well, oh, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. No, go on. So what, yeah. How's this year going for you? So, so this year we're on track for 1.5, 2 million. So another, you know, we're, we're sitting at $600,000 in bookings right now. What's really exciting about this year is because of, we were able to apply some of these systems. So compared to last year, and we now have a production manager, we have now have a CRM system that tracks all our customers, all our leads that come in. We have, um, you know, a very awesome uh, um, accounting software called Cashew that allows us to do profitability analysis that allows us to do just a whole bunch of neat systems that are in place to track all the information that's coming in, making our lives easier. And that really allows me to focus on other growth aspects. So what I've been able to focus my time on now that I have a production manager and now that we have some of these systems in place, it's allowed me to go after some bigger contracts. So this year I've been, you know, doing public tenders. I've been reaching out to architect firms. I've been, and we're talking about, you know, hundred, $120,000 contracts. So it's, it's, it was, it's really amazing to see the growth. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here, but the growth in sizes of contracts as well. 
So I started, you know, we were doing $1,000, $2,000 contracts. Then it grew to full exteriors and we were doing $10,000 contracts. And then I went into the roofing industry and I started doing, you know, $10,000 contracts and I already had the experience from student work. So it wasn't a big transition, but then from the $10,000, we started doing $40,000 and $50,000 contracts and then $100,000 contracts. And What's really neat is as you get those systems in place and as you get that support and you start building that team, you can really start picking and choosing where you want to invest your time. And uh, obviously, it's paying out in dividends where we're seeing that, that extreme growth here at Refined Roofing. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And, and, then, and then again, building confidence in the marketplace that you can do $50,000, $100,000 projects. And then, you know, again, if there are larger projects, moving to those are just more of those, those great size projects. Because again, I've always looked at large projects as they're great if you can handle them. Exactly. If you've got, again, the system, the team in place, exactly. then they're wonderful. And they're deadly if you can't. Because, yeah. you know, uh, a they big, yeah, a big, a big, literally a big problem on a big project literally can take your business down. So, uh, 100%. so, um, if someone was considering venturing out into the entrepreneurial world, Renault, what advice would you give them? I think my biggest piece of advice would be, and don't call me cynical, but I would say, be prepared for failure, be prepared to fail, mentally prepared to fail, envision yourself self failing not just as much as you do winning because you should always be picturing yourself winning and picturing yourself being successful but you should also in the back of your mind prepare for the worst and prepare for challenges to come up because there's always going to be challenges there's always going to be downsides there's always going to be failures when it comes to business what's going to define you is how you deal with them do you learn from it and do you adapt and change as a person? Or do you keep going down the same path that you were going and making the same mistakes? You know, the history will repeat itself. You will keep making the same mistakes over and over again until you decide to ins- analyze why something went wrong and you make changes to change it. Awesome, awesome advice. And, and so if you think back, um, you know, uh, you know, when you were a teenager, or university student, um, what, what did you need to change about yourself so that you could have the success that you're having now and have the success that you had at Student Works? The biggest change for me was confidence. And Student Works gave me that confidence and by, by forcing me to step out of my comfort zone. So to go back to what I mentioned before, you know, I, w- I was shy. As a teenager, I was socially awkward. I had a hard time fitting in. I, I questioned myself. I had a lot of anxiety. I had a lot of stress for a teenager. And when I came and when I came with Student Works and came on board with Student Works, the, the confidence knocking on doors, the confidence of picking up the phone and talking to people and, and not being scared of failure, that's really what I had to change about myself. And I'm so glad that I did because it, it's made me a better person. It's made me a better businessman. And it's made me, you know, a better friend, just a better version of myself all around. Yeah. Just having that confidence and yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And so if someone wanted to, to uh, do what you do, what key habits would they want to steal from you? What's your secret to your success so far, Renault? My secret, and this is going to sound silly, but always smile. Ah. Put a smile on. That, that, that's my secret. And I remember that from the very first days of door knocking and, 
It doesn't matter if I'm doing a phone call or if I'm doing a follow-up call or I'm trying to close a deal on the phone. I will smile through the phone. I want the person that I'm talking to to know that I'm smiling. So if you can smile, whether you're knocking on a door, whether you're doing a business meeting, whether just smile and it, it'll pay back in, in, in tenfold. You know, and I can go on and, and go on about other things like do what you say and you're only as good as your word and don't procrastinate, pick up the phone. But at the end of the day, smile. Yeah. Well, that's, that, that's, that's so great, Renault. And, and, and actually um, in our, in our training, I can't remember what, what day, if it's the first or the second day, but Richard Branson and for all of our young leaders, you may not know Richard, Richard's a, a multi billionaire. Um, he started Virgin Records and Virgin Airlines and all sorts of amazing brands and, and very, very successful um, entrepreneur uh, from England. And Richard talks about the amazing business competitive advantage of smiling. And, uh, you know, it really makes an enormous difference, um, you know, in, in that first contact, uh, but on a regular basis, you know, just, you know, smiles bring, bring great energy. Um, you know, people want to work with people who are smiling. So yeah. And, and it, it actually makes an impact on you because you feel better when you smile. So no, thanks for sharing that Renault. That's awesome. So one, one final question, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? Yeah. So when I think of a leader of tomorrow, you know, first of all, we need to think of what kind of world we're going to be in tomorrow and what, what kind of leaders we actually need for, for the future. And the leaders that I think we need are, are, are leaders that are going to put people before the prophets, that are going to put the planet, you know, before the prophets, leaders that are shaping the generations to come through business, um, whether it's through education, whether it's through coming up with a new idea, whether it's, you know, businesses and technology shape the next generations. So when I think of a leader of tomorrow, I really want, you know, somebody who puts relationships first, people first, is honest and has integrity. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I love that. I love that. And I, and I think you're right. I think, I think, you know, the world is calling for, uh, you know, people to do more, you know, we gotta, we gotta look after this amazing place. Um, you know, and, and obviously so much of uh, what's happening in the environment, it calls for that. So, uh, um, and, uh, and the level of, of consciousness needs to be raised in all the things that we're doing. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a great book, uh, conscious capitalism. Um, and, uh, the, the, um, the founder of whole foods actually created it and, um, and, or wrote it. And it's in, the, there's a whole movement around just, again, being, being conscious about what we're, what we're creating again, seeing, seeing all the multi-stakeholders that are involved in, in a, in a business, you know, your suppliers, your, 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 your clients, your employees, all the different people who are impacted, uh, you know, successfully, um, are uh, are just really really critical. So, um, Renault, thank you very much for coming on the show and making an impact for our young leaders. We're so appreciative and uh, look forward to uh, you know connecting with you soon. And uh, I hope you have a fantastic day. Hey, Chris, you as well. Thanks again for having me. It's it's my pleasure to be here. Hey, leaders. We have more great content for you coming up that I know you will love. 
So if you are listening and you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. And if you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed. Better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering key habits and insights that can assist them in having super powerful careers.